Decoholics, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time you are listening, this is Deacon himself, and this is episode 135 of the Deacon and Co. Show. Holy shit, 135. Uh, Doc is back, and he's back in black, which only means that it's Deacon the Doc talking some hard fucking rock, and that'll be coming your way in just a few, because he is... Uh, anticipating his long-awaited return to the Deacon and Co. show. And I just got to say, before we get on there, last week's uh, episode, uh, first ever 4th of July uh, episode special, I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you all had a great, safe holiday. And um, that was a lot of fun to do. And it was a lot of fun to do because of, uh, you know, just I got to tease you guys a little bit, uh, you know, with the whole Aerosmith being one. But there were so many bands that were left you know, off of that top 25 list um, that could have been on there. And, you know, some people reached out to me, and, you know, I appreciate the feedback and, you know, reaching out. Uh, Kansas, Boston, uh, Allison Chains, there were so many bands that could have been on there. But um, these guys, you got to think about it as, like, you know, those bands, all right, Boston might have had maybe a handful of good songs, Kansas, a handful of good songs. Those guys got no place on the top 10 American rock bands list of all time, especially when Metallica trumps every single one of those uh, artists that are on that list uh, in sales and whatnot as well. And our fun fact of the day, new segment, hope you all enjoyed it. Well, uh, here, here it comes here as uh, we are less than 30 days away uh, from the start of the North American portion of Metallica's uh, 72 seasons first leg tour. So... Uh, yeah, that's a fun fact. That is an actual fun fact because um, I felt like the time that the tour was announced, and, and of course Metallica, as we've discussed over the course of the last X amount of episodes, uh, especially with the guests coming on, they couldn't have picked the worst time to do that. I mean, I guess people could turn around and say, okay, listen, you know, uh, let's make a choice. You know, uh, you know, what if I know there's some people out there who, who you know, getting Christmas presents or you know, we're going to see Metallica, and that's it's really a it's not a it's not a funny situation that you should be I should be laughing at, uh, or whatnot. But um, nevertheless, wrong timing or bad timing for Metallica for people to have to shell out thousands of dollars, uh, you know, to see the band if you want to do so or not still tickets are still available for anybody who wants to go to a single day show um and on the met news aspect of things um i will tell you that they had announced some stuff going on in the cities uh for anybody that's going the day between stuff uh listen I, and my recommendation is this if, if you haven't seen any of this stuff all this stuff is accessible to see online you don't have to go and wait and and uh you know go in theaters and other places and see it if that's what you choose to do that's your thing that's not what i'm going to do but i just wanted to make the announcement to everybody else um as we come closer i'll remind everybody about the tailgate coming on for the uh, for the second night of new jersey which would be august the 6th again less than one month away um anything else that i want to say quick sports update really nothing going on besides everybody's in full throttle and training camps we got preseason pigskin coming up in just a little bit but uh for the upcoming schedule for the deacon and co show um i'm pretty sure that uh with after today's guest and doc is uh one to one to that actually will break down every song with me on here because doc actually is a fan that will listen to every song give things a chance and whatnot um after after him uh we're gonna stop with the guests uh for a bit 
uh, only because of the fact that I think you guys got across the point that 72 seasons is a big deal and that I can only imagine what it's like to listen to a show constantly every week that is talking about some of, some of the similar things. Is Yes, as much as I can entertain the show and uh, and make it you know funny or whatever the scenario is, you hear firsthand from every one of these guests about what their experiences are going to be and, and whatnot as well. Um, so it's definitely one of those scenarios in which this is ultimately a big deal. But uh, at the same time, here I am running a show, uh, and, and I have an audience that probably doesn't give half a fuck about Metallica or 72 Seasons or what they got going on. So to accommodate everybody, <laughs> we'll uh, this will be our last guest talking about 72 Seasons. And, and you know what? Sometimes I always feel like as great as every guest was so far, and thank everybody... Sometimes your best guest comes on last. And as many shows as Doc and I have done together, uh, I think this is Doc's best show. And, and I think he, the man is just waiting and ready to get on his own podcast. I don't know what he's waiting for, Doc. <laughs> but uh, quick sports update here besides the pigskins. We've got the Women's World Cup coming up in a little while. Uh, 13 or rather 12 days away. I'm sorry, I thought it was the 21st that they started. But the 20th. Uh, favorites in this tournament. Well, you guys know I'm really, really good with the World Cup. So, USA. Heavy favorites? Yeah. Um, you're going to see some ga uh, games in there, all right? Where if you have a chance to throw down 10 and 5, 10 bucks on these games, all right? Do it. Especially if you see a thing that's uh, a wager that's plus 3,000 or plus 4,000. Do the math there. $5 bet will get you back 200 bucks. Uh, it's, it's really just got to be smart at what you're doing here. I don't know if you're going to be able to parlay things in. Uh, maybe your site will let you do it or whatever. But your best bet is to parlay Team USA and what their goal situation is, depending on the team that they're playing. If they're playing a team that they're, you know, favored by $3,500, you're not going to lay $3,500 to win $100 back for the United States. You parlay that in with something. Even if it's a $100 parlay, uh, you know, with the over and with Team USA, you're still going to get back something in the realm of like $200 and change back. on You know, so you'll be, you'll be that's probably your best bet on that aspect of things because of how heavily favored Team USA is. Now, Team USA women, you guys know, like, I don't root for Team USA. It's so weird having a 4th of July episode last uh, week. But, listen, I don't root for Team USA, all right? But Team USA women are really strong, all right? And they have a really good system, and they've always been a good squad. And, obviously, the basketball side of it, of Team USA. This is the only time. So, yeah, I'm all in on Team USA on this one. Um, I'll do a report with you guys next week to break it down because I don't want it to be too long in the tooth here because we do have to get Doc on the show. And um, I wanted to share a story with you guys before I got Doc on. And um, I also wanted to bring up one thing that is coming out tomorrow. Um, and it was a little short notice. I wanted to bring it up, but I had forgotten all about it because of the whole situation. And we're going to give a quick recap on Indiana Jones as well before we get doc on there so we're gonna try to keep this about like another five to six minutes before we get doc on there so let's do it now uh 50th anniversary of david bowie's ziggy stardust uh is gonna be in theaters uh tomorrow at 3 p.m uh, that would be 7 9 and 3 p.m on there so if you turn around and you have a chance to go and see this this is the 50th anniversary may not mean anything to some it's a documentary about david bowie but um I, I just david bowie's the man so i always try to get and uh see everything i can about david bowie he was one of my favorites and, and whatnot as well um also i wanted to uh mention that the indiana jones and the dial of destiny uh great movie 
I wouldn't go as far as to say it's great. I'm sorry. Let me retract that. It was a good movie. But there's a lot of things in there about Indiana Jones, all right, that really bothered me about this particular movie and then the last particular movie. So now the time frame of when they're setting up these particular scenarios to tell you exactly how the story falls in falls into the same category as when Raiders of the Lost Ark did. So you're telling me that this dude was in two different places at one time? Like, it just it didn't make sense. The geographics of the time frame, uh, chronological order on these things are so out of whack. But the cool concept of finding a dial, of being able to plug two pieces together, and being able to shoot through a time portal and travel back is just mind-blowing, and I think that it should have been done way earlier in the Indiana Jones series. Uh, I'm going to rank this at like a 6. It is definitely better than the Kingdom Crystal Skull, uh, without a doubt. And uh, the only bad thing is, is that they kind of force a false advertise you with Miriam and Saul going to be in the movie. They weren't until the very end scenes. With me telling you that, it still doesn't ruin the movie for you. So take a look for yourself for the next three weeks. It's going to be that uh, uh, Insidious 5 and one other movie that are going to be in a movie theater. So I hope that if you guys are going to see a movie... That you'll report back at deaconandcoshow.gmail.com and let me know what you thought about it. I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. So for this to turn around and, uh, you know, it was not as bad as I thought it was. It was just a little out um, drawn, drawn out, as you could say, a little long in the tooth or whatnot. So definitely check it out. Uh, on the upcoming events of the Deacon and Co. Show, as I mentioned, that Doc will be our last guest today. We'll have a few more episodes, and then we're going to be on the road for the whole month of August. So this is one of the first times that I've ever taken really a full month off from doing the show. So I hope you guys don't miss me too much, but I will have a lot to report back on, especially the madness and the craziness of the adventures. And by that time, you won't even remember that I was gone for a month because Pigskins will be back, and you'll have two episodes a week. So yeah, boy! Who's ready for some football? Yeah, yeah, got me, me. I'm ready, I'm ready. This baseball shit's not cutting it. But uh, doing well this year for the first time ever. When I'm not here, hang on, let me get a piece of wood. Hang on. That was just to knock on the wood because I haven't had this much success ever in my life on uh, baseball. And it, it really is um, cool. It's cool because I'm not the baseball guy and you guys know that. So by no means are we starting a baseball segment. Just throwing it out there. Now, before I get even more longer in the tooth than I've already had. We're going to bring on our last story. So while we were uh, watching Indiana Jones in the movie theater on Tuesday, because that's my thing, you know, guys, I don't celebrate 4th of July because my dad's birthday. Uh, so that's a different wormhole and that's past. And now I'm happy and uplifting Deacon again instead of being depressed. Although I had a situation this week in which I was uh, uh, ill and uh, had, of course, some type of stomach virus uh, and whatnot. So it wasn't, wasn't uh, an all fun week, but... Nevertheless, while we were in the movie theater, um, you know, a lot of times, a lot of, a lot of the neighbors turn around and they, they have different characters that are, that are walking around um, the neighborhood and they reach out and they say things to me like, hey, listen, uh, just beware, this guy's walking or have you seen this guy or whatever the scenario may be, okay? So, <coughs> excuse me, decoholics. So, uh, we had some characters while where I was in the movies on Tuesday, and then on Saturday, uh, there was another event that happened. So, these people, they don't realize. Like, you're walking door to door. This is not 1950, 1940 anymore. People are, like, put up signs that say, do not solicit, right on their house. And yet, these people don't acknowledge this. So, uh, turned around Saturday, and I uh, got a message from one of my buddies 
says, hey, listen, dude, uh, you know these people that are walking in the neighborhood. Now, hey, this is a holiday weekend, I may remind you all, okay? So, the, uh, got, got the message, I was like, all right, well, mom, let me go upstairs and turn around and I'm going to wait for these individuals. Sure enough, ten minutes later, the individuals came knocking on my front door and I looked at them and opened the door and I just cracked up. It was one male, two females, and they were representing the Mormon chapter. Now, I didn't even know that Long Island had a fucking Mormon chapter. I thought that was only out in Utah in the mid uh, to northwest over there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jesus Christmas. I got to get this under control before Doc gets on the line yet. But um, I just looked at him and started laughing. I'm like, dude, it is a holiday weekend, okay? And now, as much as I would love to sit there and, and make my normal joke of what happens when a Jehovah's Witness knocks on my front door, I had nothing to say to these guys. I'm like, listen, I'm not interested in here, and I'm going to be honest with you. Your best bet is to probably leave, because nobody's going to give a fuck about your gangbang religion. Nobody wants to hear about it on a fucking 4th of July weekend, okay? And, um, yeah, so have a nice day, take care, and then I walked inside and I shut the door. So... The guy rings the doorbell again after I shut the door, and he hand, he goes, excuse me, sir, and I'm like, dude, listen, I didn't want to curse you out, but what the fuck do you want? Because you forgot your pamphlet. If you're interested, call us. Now, dude, come on. I, I'm giving that guy a round of applause to have balls. I just told you to go fuck yourself in nine different ways, and you all of a sudden, you ring the doorbell again and hand me a pamphlet? Bravo, bravo. To the Mormon chapter of Long Island, if it really exists and it wasn't a scam, um... Sorry, pals, you won't be getting Deacon's vote. Even though Deacon is a figure of the church, okay? I am not fucking religious at all. And science is what I believe in. Not Scientology, like some of those clowns over there that do that. But I believe in the method behind the madness. If you could show me that there's a possible way that somebody walked on water, I want to do it too, all right? So that being said, I'm going to stop. Take time now to introduce properly our next guest because he does need his special introduction. Returning once again to the Deacon and Co. Show. Let me stop now. Here he is, Doc. Yeah, back in black means only one thing, that this is the Deke and the Doc talking some hard fucking rock. Let's go. Let's get him back on the show. Here he is, the Dr. Brad Campbell. Welcome, my friend. Yo, yo, it's me. It's me. It's B-B-C. <laughs> For all you rock and wrestling fans out there, that's a little homage to D DDP Diamond Dallas Page, but... uh the Doc is back on the Deacon and Co. show, and the hard fucking rock is coming back. It's back in black, baby. Because I'm back in black. <laughs> Excellent. And you know the funny thing, Doc, is that, you know, all these great people out there that come on, and thank you all the guests that take time, um, including yourself, Doc, to do this with me. Nobody gets a rile like you do 
when we get together and do this because you can hear the excitement in my voice. I just I'm itching to hear what you got to say about our show today. Well, you know, it's um, it, it's been it's been a you know it's been a minute since we I've been able to come on here. I think you know you and I as we were catching up. Um, we we're, we're, we're planning to do the show together. We, we both realized that we both had a lot going on in, uh, in life in general, and sometimes that happens. But, you know, when, when the time is right, you know, the stars align and things happen. And, you know, once again, here we are. We're ready to go. Absolutely. And for those who are tuning in on a new audience, uh, please take the time to go back into season two or year two where the doc and I had turned around and we had given you a uh, four part special. Uh, Some of the episodes were broken down into two parts, which was great of the whole complete history catalog of the big four. And doc, let me tell you, man, I still occasionally go back and listen to those episodes because they were just four, four or rather six of the best episodes episodes that have been produced from this show well that means a whole whole lot to me because it it, you know to be able to talk those those four bands um you know just one of the greatest eras in in not just rock and roll but just music in in general i mean there there was you know we've had a lot of great movements in the history of rock and roll heavy metal but you know the the birth of thrash metal and, and what it's meant to the fans and uh you know just not just here in the united states but all over the world i mean those bands all mean something to everybody they're all special for for a different reason and um i love all four of those bands um you know you and i both love metallica and it was just it was one of the most fun things i've ever gotten to do was just be able to go through the entire discography and talk the history of, of all those guys yeah, absolutely. Um, since then, Doc, we know that you had, uh, since our last uh, discussion and our last podcast together, mm-hmm. we knew you had a shitload of shows going on for last year. But what, what do you got going on for this year? Because I, I know damn well that you got some crazy shows that you're attending this year. Well, I started the year off right. I uh, went and saw Jerry Cantrell a couple times on his solo tour, and I got to meet him again. Awesome. Um, opening band was uh, an all-female-led band called Thunder Pussy from Seattle. Um, incredibly talented. Um, uh, I actually got to talk to their guitar player uh, before the St. Louis show, and I saw Cantrell, and um, I talked to her, and I said, you know, I love your guitar playing. She goes, thank you. I go, you know, you remind me a lot of Mike McCready from Pearl Jam, the way that he plays. And she goes, oh, he's actually my mentor. And I'm just like, Sh-. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So I actually got a picture with um, her and the singer after the show was over, and, and they actually signed uh, a copy of their album on vinyl for me. So uh, that was pretty cool. And... Uh, what else I got going on? Let's see. I've got uh, I got a few things coming up. Um, I've actually got Stone Temple Pilots. They're playing uh, here in Indiana uh, at some kind of festival next month. I'm going to see Ghost in August in Cincinnati. Uh, I've got... Uh, I'm, I am going to Louder Than Life for a Day just to see Tool. And then uh, I got three Pearl Jam shows coming up. I'm going to both nights. They're in Chicago. And then I got... Indianapolis. And actually, the day before they play Indy, I'm going to see the Smashing Pumpkins. They're playing with Rival Sons. Oh, uh, that was going to so, be yeah. good. Yeah, absolutely. Doc, I knew you were um, one of the one of the many that are Tool fans here, so now we're going to have to have a different conversation come down the road, especially if they release single-day passes for Power Trip, Tool opening up for Metallica on the final night. 
Dude, I mean, how do you get two different sets of fans like that on together for a show to cooperate? I don't know, but it's going to be bedlam. <laughs> well, you got two of the biggest acts in, in metal, you know, going up against each other. And while there's a lot of similarities with those bands, there's a lot of differences as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, uh, you know, that's going to be a big, 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 big show. And, you know, many different, you know, conversations I've had with many different people about the lineups and whatnot. But uh, it's at the end of the day, it's going to turn around and it is going to be one of the most explosive power festivals of all time. Oh, yeah. Now, Doc, let's get into this here. I know that you are the... You know, you are the one person that comes on and can debate the argument from both sides, not just a one-sider here. Now, hot take, new uh, segment that we've added since the last time that you've been on the show. It is two, uh, two, I guess you could say, categories or two subjects inside of a category to pick which one would be the better option. So, out of all the great Metallica closers that they have, um, it's hard to argue that Damage Incorporated is not their best, but now Fixer or Inamorata off of 72 seasons, which one do you think is their better closer? Inamorata. Wow. Yeah. I didn't expect that from you. Um, I thought for sure because of your love for load that you would hear Fixer, uh, that it would be Fixer. But being that I've heard Fixer, uh, live, one, you know, one of the only times, if not the only time that they did it. Great song, but it's not a closer for me in any kind of set list at all. Uh, I don't think it should have been a closer on the album, but it's still a, a very powerful and great song. Inamorata, 11 minutes and change is their longest closer. As a matter of fact, Doc, it's their longest song ever. Not going to hear this often at a, at a concert or a um, festival or any type of situation. I feel this is like a one or two time song that you'll hear and that's it. Yeah, the thing about Inamorata, and that, and we'll, we'll get more into this, I'm sure, in our discussion, but one of the criticisms that 72 Seasons has is the length. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and counter that argument real quick. If, if you love Metallica or you love heavy metal, that that really shouldn't be an issue. A lot of bands in this genre play longer music. Um, it's not uncommon. It's not unheard of. Um, I think it just depends if, if the song is working for the listener. Because um, sometimes if a song is too long, it can drag. But if it's if, if it's catering to a person's taste, then, you know, it, it makes the experience that much more enjoyable. Um, we just mentioned Tool. Let's go, but let's go to their most recent album, uh, Fear Inoculum. Uh, that last track on the on the album Tempest was like 19 minutes long, something crazy. I don't remember the, the, the time off my head, but it's a long ass song and yeah. it's got, it's got some of Adam Jones best guitar work. Um, a, a lot of fans agree with that, uh, who really like that song. And, and I love it. It's, I would venture to say it's one of my favorite tool songs. Even Numa from that record's pretty long as well. But when I first listened to 72 seasons, all the way through, Inamorata was the song that stuck out with me the most. Um, the length, I, I didn't even pay attention to the length. It was just what they did musically on that song and James and how he delivers vocally. Um, it, it was just perfection for me. Wow. It was just right up my alley. 
Doc, that that really, I, I'm, I, two things here I want to say, and I don't normally do this until afterwards, but thank you for going in and bringing up the tool situation again about the length of these things. Spot on, and it doesn't matter. Like you just said, it doesn't matter if the song is 19 minutes or 20 minutes. It, how it blends in and how it can relate to you or whatever the scenario is that people judge these things on. This was their longest song in history with Inner Murata. It did not even feel like I was listening to an 11-minute song. No. No, um, I was putting my man cave together. I was working on getting my comic shelves together. And, you know, I, I was listening to 72 Seasons as I was doing some work downstairs. You know, heavy metal gets you pumped up. It gets you, you know, gets you intense. It's like, ah, you, you just got to get that energy out of you. I was just doing some work, you know, a couple of times I was listening to it. But I just had to stop and listen to that song. I could, I just couldn't continue working. I, I had to stop. I'm like... I was like, damn, this is fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's one of those songs, it, 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 it takes you out of what you're doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and to me, I, I, you know, and, you know, our part of the reason why we're here is because I know you're the guy that can help me break this down for everybody. But, I mean, comparing 72 seasons to the middle of Metallica's career with albums 6 through 11, you know, we'll get into it in a second, but where do you rank those albums, you know, you know, when this album comes out? A lot of people are saying that this is their best produced album. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but this is 2023. Yeah, it's going to be their best produced album compared to what you heard off of Kill 'Em All. The songs might be better on Kill 'Em All, but the quality of it is shit. So you're asking where I would rank this album? Yeah, like, and we'll, Yeah, I will. We'll get into it in a second. You know, we'll you know take your time to break down of you know what you got here, and you know of of course we have uh, in that six to eleven range. Uh, as you know, Doc, we have load, reload, Saint Anger, Death Magnetic, um, Hardwired to Self Destruct, and now seventy two seasons. Everybody in the world is in agreement that there is no way that this album can be put as ahead of Master of Puppets and Justice for All, Kill 'Em All, or Ride yeah. the Lightning. Black Album is questionable because I already have it in a sense of a higher than Black Album. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it, it's it's really really hard to say for me. Um, and I think honestly, this is a question we're going to have to revisit. You know, given a year, two years from now, because. Um, Sometimes what happens when, you know, and this it's not just with music, but it happens with movies, it happens with, um, you know, seasons of TV shows, is there's this concept called recency bias where you see something and it's so thrilling, your immediate response is, this is the best thing I've seen. And, and it's great when something does that. Um, but usually time is the true test to how good something is when you're, when you're making comparisons. Um you know, when I think about a lot of the recent albums that Metallica has put out, uh, Death Magnetic sticks out to me because that was such a true return to form for the band in terms of really going back to their thrash roots. Yeah. But um, but I can tell you, I 72 seasons, <laughs> it's real fucking good. It's uh, it, it's up there. I mean, when you're when you're talking the recent Metallica albums, you know, six through eleven. Uh, I'd probably have to put Death Magnetic at, at, at the top of that list, but I think I'd probably put 72 Seasons right behind it. Awesome. Uh, so we're going to, I'll mark this down too, because I want to keep this too if we bring this up in the future. So you have Death Magnetic at six, and then you put 72 Seasons at seven. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. And then 
you know, I now I'm gonna give mine after, and I'm I I turn around and I have really pretty much basically one discrepancy with this, and it's really just a simple fact that I I don't I think that the one album in the six to eleven uh, t chronological time frame coming out is not doesn't belong there. So for me, it's like. You know, it's it's very, very, very tough, you know, like you said. So you got to, you know, when you first hear something, like you said, you want to revisit it, and then you turn around and you have, um, you know, you have to think about it from the beginning or whatnot. What stuck me to this album is the fact that I went to the premiere. Doc, if I didn't go to the premiere, I don't think I would love the album as much as I do. But knowing the history or knowing what each song's breakdown is and what it's about, hearing it from the band, made me appreciate it more. And, dude, I got to tell you that this is probably the, the, out of all the albums, this is probably the album that I can relate to the most. And I, I know the band's not writing these songs directly for me, but it sure feels like my life in some of these songs. With the exception well, of, of Screaming Suicide. I'm not in any way, shape, or form ready to go. Well, it, it, you know, I, it's funny that you, you talk about the lyrics and how, how personal they are and how you relate to it. It, um, that's been one of the biggest strengths that's been mentioned this album is James songwriting and, and honestly if we're going to talk about if we're going to talk about what's going on musically and lyrically in this album what when I listen to 72 seasons let's just take out chronology for a second um, let's just talk about what's going on in the music and where it could fit you know when when Death Magnetic came out um, I had friends that were saying this is the album that could have come after Justice for All um I'm going to have a, this might be a bit of a hot take, but I'm going to explain why I think this way. I listen to 72 seasons. I feel like this could have come after load and reload. Here's why you've got some real bluesy type riffs going on in, in that album. Um, you got that real personal songwriting that you hear on load and reload, but you also got some of that real thrashy stuff that you hear in the early Metallica. So it's almost kind of a blend of, uh, of that era of Metallica in a way. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, I think you, you're spot on with it, and it is 100% a compilation of their first 10 albums mixed into there. So not I'm not disagreeing with anything that you're saying here. Um, you know, it, it's um, definitely spot on, Doc. Definitely spot on. Uh, what do you got going in at uh, number eight here? We'll do two at a time here. Eight and nine, Doc. Where do you rank those other albums in there? So we're going from... Load through 72 seasons. So we got Death Magnetic at the top. We got 72 seasons next. Uh, you know, I got I got to stick Load next. Okay. Got to download. Yeah, Load's Load's one of those underappreciated albums. I feel, and I feel like um, you know, it's been such a long time since those guys have turned around and you know really you know gave multiple songs at you know off of these albums uh, you know to the fans. Every of course everybody you know if you, at a certain point, Doc, I would say probably. Um, even with the Hardwired tour, all right, right after Death Magnetic, when we went on to the EP with Beyond Magnetic, I truthfully feel that that became Metallica's greatest hits concert every show other than that with a couple of surprise gems. Going on to Hardwired, there were some shows on the tour where they played five songs, some played six, some of them only played four. So it's still, again, comp uh, you yeah. know, greatest hits uh, tour. Um, all right, so you got Load at eight. Where do you, what do you got nine? You got three left here, Doc. You got Sane Anger, and you got Hardwired, and, of course, you got Reload. Next, I'm going to have to go with Hardwired. Okay. I like that answer. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, 
when I when I first heard the heard the Hardwired album, um, I I didn't like it at first. Um, I, there were certain songs that stuck out, and then just like Saint Anger, um, they came uh, stuck to me. They literally basically stuck to me and turned around and uh, you know I I loved them hearing them live, and I just you know even now I'll defend Saint Anger. Uh, you know you can't turn around and and even if regardless of of what the song sounds like or what it, whatever it is, Doc, they brought it on with the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra for a lot of songs off of these albums that we're talking about, and they nailed it. So when people are still hating on Saint Anger, the same thing I will tell everybody every episode ever, Doc. You know damn well if we get to hear Saint Anger at any show. That it's a it's a privilege and it's a cherish for all Metallica fans, whether it the is. album is hated or not. Yeah, but, I, I agree. I think that um, you know, Saint Anger got so much hate when it came out, and um, you know, I, I bought Saint Anger, and everyone's like, "Why'd you buy that album?" It's like, "Well, because you know, I wanted to complete the collection. I wanted to listen to it. I wanted to find out for myself." Um, you know, it's it's not near as bad as. A lot of people give it. Um, I will say it's it's <laughs> it's a hell of a lot better than Lulu. <laughs> 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 that's funny I, yeah absolutely and and you know even to you know you gotta you gotta respect you know um what the band did they went out and they tried to do things that other people didn't do they did a collaboration with somebody who was one of their inspirations growing up yeah and they took a chance and it may not have been the way that they felt uh, the you know the fans felt that it would it should have been but to them it was like doing something like not to pull us off topic but what happens when the rolling stones in every interview they have before 19 70 and even after they still do it um you know oh our biggest influence was chuck berry our big then all of a sudden they get a chance to do something with chuck berry it might not have been what we expected but because that's the influence that influenced them it was perfect and almost kind of like a once in a lifetime opportunity to do well you know and, and to make a comparison of another artist that i'm a huge fan of and this was this happened you know not too long before Lulu came out, but you know Chris Cornell did a collaboration with Tim Timbaland and did the, al the solo album Scream, which was basically you know an R and B and pop album, and he got a lot of shit from different people. Uh, I know Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails called him out for it for selling out, which Lesnar later apparently Reznor later apologized for it, but uh, but yeah, um, you know he he grew up singing soul and he wanted to do something different and show he can do something different vocally. And, you know, I can tell you there's some, there's some really good songs on that album, but it's definitely a different cup of tea compared to the rest of what he did in his career as an artist. Absolutely. And thanks for sharing that too, doc, because it's, the, it's these guys that turn around and they come in from the rock world, trying to mix with the rap, rap and pop world that, for, not for nothing here is nobody said anything when Aerosmith and Anthrax did it. Like, I thought that was a great album that, that was put out. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, but, you know, that's that's one of those situations where, you know, it's just the haters. You know, you hate you have your own audience hating you, but now when you have Timbaland's audience, now it's like, oh, wow, this guy is really good. Let me go out and let me buy their rock albums. And, they, you know, these guys that make comments and hate on it don't realize, like, that's not selling out. That's getting more people involved with the music. What do you think Metallica did with Stranger Things and Master of Puppets? Oh, absolutely. It opened them up to a whole new generation of fans. Yeah, and that's that's how I feel. It's not selling out. You know, it's like, it, you're, what, what are you selling out? Your hits have been on the radio the whole time. Where You know what I mean? Like, what are you selling out? 
So, crazy. But uh, we got two left here, Doc, and these are the two. We got Reload and we got St. Anger at 10 and 11. Where do you rank them? Oh, I'll have to have Reload next. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what happens to St. Anger. <laughs> Excellent there. So just to recap Doc's list of where he puts this, he puts Death Magnetic at 6, or Metallica all-time albums, 72 seasons at 7, Load at 8, Hardwire to Self-Destruct at 9, Reload at 10, and then St. Anger at 11. Now, mine is a little different, like I had said. So, Decaholics, do not hate me or be upset with this list. My number five here is is going to be 72 seasons. So, or no, I'm sorry, my number six here is going to be 72 seasons. Uh, my number seven is going to be the Black Album. And I know that the Black Album is not in six through ten, but that's where the Black Album belongs in my eyes. Okay. And now, I have eight with Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Nine with Death Magnetic, St. Anger at 10, and Reload at 11. That leaves the question of where do I leave 72 seasons? Well, if it's not 6 through 11, Decoholics, it's in my top ten, uh, top 5. It's number 5 for me. Um, and, and again, nothing's going to touch the first four albums. There's no album that is ever going to be created that can do what those albums did for fans and for the era of thrash metal. Well, when you put it that way, you know, I, I thought we were kind of ranking, you know, the albums that came in that order, 6 through 11. I'd probably have those some of those albums be a little bit higher in my overall ranking. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I'll tell you, my top three um, are easily um, Justice, Ride the Lightning, and Master of Puppets. But honestly, I'd put Death Magnetic next, and then I'd put 72 Seasons. So 72 Seasons would make my top five. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I mean just that's that's incredible to hear about everything that they've done uh you know over the course of the the band's history and everything for you to come up and say that. And I like that about you, especially where you're you're one of these people who are not going to turn around and shit on, okay, you went commercial and sold out. Now, don't get me wrong here. I like the songs off the Black album. I just don't like what it stood for and why the fans turned on the band when this album was produced. You know, uh... St. Anger is at the bottom of my list, but the album that would come above it for me, honestly, would be the Black Album. Like, it just, I don't think it's a bad record by any means, but, I mean, Unforgiven and Nothing Else Matters are the two gems off that album, and I think that, you know, you want that hard rock and, and, and heavier and, and more straightforward side of Metallica. I, I thought they did a better job on Load and Reload, personally. Yeah, especially with the range of vocals and whatnot. Um, for me, I mean, it's not. I don't hate any album, and in that, you know, yep. in, including Lulu. I, you know, if it comes on, I'm not going to turn it off, but I'm not going to go out of my way to make sure that I listen to it daily. Right. So, with that being said, I mean, uh, when it comes to Reload, Reload, I think, is their, 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 I guess you would say, like, you know, from my opinion, their weakest album. The only bad thing that people hate about St. Anger, I feel, because when the lyrics and the music were put together with the orchestra or put in a different form, everybody loved it, is the drumming. And the drumming does sound like it's good being hit on a fucking trash can. <laughs> You know, and you mentioned that reloads at the bottom of your list for ranking Metallica albums. I remember reading once Lars was talking about the load and reload era, and he said that when they were writing those songs, they were trying to differentiate, you know, uh, what was A material, B material. And he said he felt like the band had a lot of C material. And I think the majority of what was considered the C material ended up on reload. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely, and, and that's a great way to put it. And you know what it is? Is I always love when when we're you know when you get people out there like yourself and myself who listen to these little things, um, you know, the clips and interviews with people, and it's a lot harder than it is now because everything is more along, along the lines of like I turn around and I'll take a, a you know a, a interview for instance, and half the time I'm reading it instead of hearing what they're actually saying. So it kind of it's not that it doesn't make sense to me, but I want to hear the artist say it. Right. And, and that's the thing, you know, I think as artists, you know, I think what helps give them credibility is when they're just, when, they're, when there's a lot of, when there's a sense of honesty in what they have to say about what they're putting out. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to bring this up in a, in a further point down the line um, in, in one of my shows, but I said right now, I was like, we're, we're on this right now. So I think we got to, I think we got to bring this up here. Now, there's something that happened a couple years back in 2018, Decaholics, that, uh, that there was some talk about um, No Life Till Leather being released. Now, there was, it was just a couple of uh, instances where Lars wanted to be put on some song credits and song titles and stuff and never got it, and that's why it was never released. But now I hear rumors again that it may be released. This is the ultimate demo in heavy metal music. Now, prior to this coming out, I think that the best metal band at that time was really Exodus. And now you're hearing this, you know, come out of the closet and whatnot that Dave Mustaine just tore up and he was way advanced before his time. Now, Doc, I know you're a huge Megadeth fan. Like, how does that make you feel um, not knowing the, the things that we have never heard before that may potentially be from both your favorite bands uh, or two of your favorite bands that will come out together? Well, it's always interesting whenever... Um, back catalog music gets released or, or, or makes some kind of return to form because, um, you know, it, it's bittersweet in a way because it's really nice to, to, to listen to and it can kind of get, kind of reinvigorate your love for what made you fall in love with an artist. But, you know, it, it can also be kind of sad in a way because depending on the circumstance of the band, it's like, you know, it makes you think, well, what could have been? Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, 2016, uh, Temple the Dog went on tour. They reissued the one album they did. And, you know, they put out a song that was never released called Angel on Fire. And it kind of made you think, well, what if they had continued? What if they continued to make more music together? Now that Chris Cornell's gone, we'll never know. Yeah, um, uh, sad situation there, there, of course. And yeah, I mean, it just makes you think in a lot, of, a lot of scenarios here. But what really, the one thing that doesn't bother me, or you know, that I have no problem with, is that Dave Mustaine was kicked from Megadeth, uh, from Metallica. Now it may bother a lot of other people, but we would not have gotten Megadeth had this not happened. Well, and and, and to be fair, we would not, we would not have gotten Kirk Hammett and Metallica either because. The relationship he and James have, their chemistry, I mean, it's it's unparalleled. Like, th those two feed off each other the way they play guitar together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, for me, you know, to see them both out there still doing it and still doing the tours. Uh, Megadeth had uh, did some early projects this year. I don't know what's going on with them, if they're coming out again this year for the rest of the year. But um, definitely was in New York and on the East Coast uh, earlier in February and whatnot. Uh, only a small set of lists, but you, you know you got to appreciate the pioneers of this. And as much as I, you know, was not a Megadeth fan, um, I had a couple people, uh, you know, tell me that I'm out of my mind, um, including. 
you, Doc, for introducing me to Megadeth once again and going through the whole, you know, catalog with you made me appreciate the band more. And, and really, the same kind of feeling I have with Metallica is the kind of feeling that I had with Megadeth um, until I learn and appreciate the rest of their catalogs and whatnot. Well, and, and t speaking of Megadeth, they put out a killer record last year. Yeah, their um, record, and, I and believe September it came out last year. Yeah, and honestly, it reminded me a lot of the So Far, So Good, So What era, which I think that's a really underappreciated album. I kind of feel like it was, the time it came out, it was their third record. I feel like it really got overshadowed by Master of Puppets, which, I mean, when you talk about the best album in thrash metal, people always argue it's, it's Master of Puppets or it's Rain and Blood. Those are the two that people, you know debate the most even Lars Ulrich will tell you he loves rain and blood that's like his favorite and and james hetfield i saw a list uh you know, last night or this morning he listed his 10 favorite bands of all time he had slayer in his top 10 yeah a bunch, so. bunch of weird ones in there for his top 10 too and I, I mean slayer is not weird for him to have in there um slayer is great and that album is definitely great but when it yeah. comes down to talking about it, I mean, you can't... There's albums that Megadeth has that changed the game of metal, and you're 100% right. Everything that was in, released in 86, including Ozzy's stuff, took a backseat to Master of Puppets. Oh, yeah. I mean, when, when Metallica was touring with Ozzy, Ozzy himself even said Metallica gave him a run for his money. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But it still would have been cool, um, you know, to see uh, that, that tour itself. I mean, there's I just had, you know, recent guests coming on and, you know, trying to get everyone together to talk about this and the new album and how exciting this is. And just for other people to hear uh, other people's opinions about what this is going to be and how big this actual uh, tour itself is going to be a two year, two leg tour. Uh, but, you know, just thinking about everything from this overall perspective here is that they're in the top five, all right, bands of all time in ticket sales and everything else. Like, none of the other metal bands are even halfway close to that. No, I mean, it's... Um... I mean, they they're they're one of the few bands that are out there that can just that can sell out arenas, that can play, you know, baseball, football stadiums. Um, I mean, when Metallica goes on tour, it's big. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Doc, I definitely appreciate you yeah, giving us your intake on there. Excellent job on there, and. Um, I'm going gonna, gonna to bring us down here into Genius of the Week, and I left this one for you because this was this was a really big, funny one. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> and some of these stories, dude, they, they really, when you're thinking about it, you know, I, I've never, I never had a, you know, a situation where somebody has came and where they were like, oh yeah, this never happened or this doesn't happen because I use credible sources and most of the time this shit happens to me. But a couple weeks back, all right, on uh, Memorial Day, that we turned around and we had um, the Big Cheese Extreme UK sports event and it's back so genius of the week here doc i try to get people who do things that are stupid and that are make no sense at all uh and, and here's one for it so you guys are basically uh, turning around in, in the uk this has been going on since the 1896 and they turned around and they want to do uh, basically like running of the bulls but only a little bit safer so let's take a you know a steep hill and we'll roll down a you know, uh, let's see the exact, I want to give you the exact weight on this, okay? Uh, three kilogram or a seven pound huge wheel of double cheese, and whoever chases it to the bottom gets to keep the prize. 
Well, now, listen, even if you like cheese that much, what do you need to turn around and throw it down a hill? Like, I see running of the bulls, like, you know, competition between man and creature, like, mythical times that they do that shit in Spain. Okay, I get that. But one guy, and I quote Doc, turns around and he says, well... You asked me how I should train for this. Is there really any training for this? Everybody looks like an idiot doing this. <laughs> you know, so if that's not a genius of the week where the guy who won the race tells you that you're an idiot, Doc, I really don't know what is. Genius of the week, they're the cheese roll in the UK. <laughs> leave, it, leave it at that one, Doc, right? Crazy. Um, we spoke about this earlier a little bit before, Doc, but let's let's uh, touch on this now. Uh, gem that shocks us on the first leg of the tour, knowing that we're ending in the second week of November, starting back up again in May of next year. Uh, what do you think we're going to hear here? And I know that you're not 100% familiar with all of the set lists that have been going on, but you tell me what you think we're going to hear. If we've heard it thus far, then I will tell you, and then you can choose again. What do you think we're going to hear? No. You know, um, I know, I think it was the last tour they brought back, Outlaw Torn, I remember, because I know a lot of fans were raving about that. I heard about that. Um, so I'm expecting to hear some Load and Reload come back, because um, it seems those albums have kind of been, they're getting some more appreciation. Uh, you know, I, I think we're, we might get something like two by four. Wow, that is a bold prediction. I like that. I like that. And and thank you to everybody who's come on as a guest and not giving the traditional bullshit answers. Like, you guys are really digging down the answers. I appreciate that, Doc. That was a good one. Me, I go with the traditional. I'm still hoping, um, you know, and this will bring us down into rapid number two as well. I'm still hoping that we're going to get something that I have not heard off of St. Anger yet. To this point, Doc, we have not heard anything off of St. Anger. Only the other ten albums Rapid number two here. Do you feel like we're going to get something off the St. Anger? It's possible. Um, you know, um, and I want to comment on this for a second. You know, I saw Anthrax last year play with Black Label Society, and um, Scott Ian talked about why you don't see as many deep cuts from them. Um and he mentioned, you know, we, you know, we have a fan base, but we're not on the level of Iron Maiden where we can just bust out real deep cuts. We haven't played for years and years, and fans are going to go crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, a band like Metallica or Iron Maiden or Judas Priest, who is a bigger band, who has a bigger draw, they can afford to get away with it. Um, my experience is seeing Pearl Jam as many times as I've had, they pulled out some crazy shit over, over the 24 times I've seen them. We're going to be going on 27 by the end of this year. Um, Noah Metallica has, is also in that league of, of drawing big arenas, having huge fan bases. It's not going to be out of, it's not out of the, uh, it's not going to be unusual for them to pull out a St. Anger track because that album does have its fans. Now, if they were to pull out a St. Anger song, more than likely, um, I would expect either Frantic or St. Anger, but the fan in me, I'd be hoping for Sweet Amber. I knew you were going to say that, just because I know you, but yeah, it would be nice to hear uh, Sweet 
uh, Amber. And also, I just want to hear Saint Anger. You know, I, I just for me personally, I just want to hear it, um, hear them perform it live. And uh, it's like one of those situations, Doc, where you know I, I came in later. I came in right after the Saint Anger tour, so I didn't get a chance to hear a lot of that stuff live. But for a good portion of the other albums, I've heard them all live. Uh, you know, and it's been great. And Decaholics, let me just uh, say this to get it out there too. You hear Doc going back and forth with. Uh, Pearl Jam and whatnot. So Doc's Metallica is Pearl Jam, like Metallica is to me. So that's that's why he keeps making the references and whatnot. And let me tell you something: they're not they're not far they're not far behind um, on the all time top ten list of sales from Metallica. I'll tell you that. Uh, I know I know you know Deacon. You know Metallica has a great fan base. Uh, I I am a I am a Metallica fan. I love their music, but. Uh, us Pearl Jam fans, we're some hardcore motherfuckers. I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> Excellent, Doc. I love it. Um, we, 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 we are a rabid fan base. We go crazy. Um, <laughs> we have our own things that we bitch about and our own things that we debate. Uh, so if anyone wants to talk to me, hit me up. But, yeah, I like a lot of... For all the listeners out there, I like a lot of music. There's a lot of different artists I like. I like all kinds of rock. I like all kinds of metal, punk rock. Um, there's a lot out there I like. So um, whether it's big, whether it's underground, I just love music. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the awesomeness about Doc is that he's so eclectic with all of these other bands. And it's not, you got to understand something that people like us, Decaholics, we're not just uh, going to sit there and have a conversation about something that you know, just to have a conversation about it. We need to know everything that goes on in the history and stuff like that. And there's not many out there that know much more than Doc does. I'll tell you that right now. Well, I, 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 I'm very humbled to hear that. I just, it really means a lot that you, that you think that I, I, I love music. I, I feel like there's a lot of people that know a lot more than me, but I, I, I try to stay current. I try to stay as knowledgeable as I can. Cause it's just something I'm so, I'm just really passionate about. Awesome. Doc, our final rapid of the three of the day is rapid number three. I try to always keep the hardest ones for last here, and every time I that you this happens, you always call me out on it. So before you do this, <laughs> this one's an easier one. Rapid number three, 72 seasons or Luxie Turner. What is the better album name? James said that was the finalist between the two. Um, I personally think it's Luxie Turner, meaning eternal life, rather than 72 seasons, the first 18 years of your life, but that's just me. Doc, what's your answer? You know, I, I honestly, I, I got to go with 72 seasons. A um, couple reasons. I, I just think 72 seasons just has a nice ring to it. Um, when I first heard the title, I was like, oh, 72 seasons. That, that, that's a cool, that's a cool title. Um, my only concern with it of having a title of Luxie Turner, not that it would have been a bad album name, but just the, the way that the lettering is stylized it got so many comparisons to tool yeah that, I'm, I'm, yep. I'm afraid that would have happened because when when the song came out everyone's like oh look some you know uh james was copying maynard's homework and i was just like like come on guys but but still it would have happened and, and I'm, I'm i'm glad that 72 seasons ended up being the album name that's smart on that aspect of, of bringing that point up, Doc. And you know what I would say to those people? I'd say pick up a fucking book because that's the way it's spelt in the Latin Bible. 
<laughs> but but that's just me. You know, that's like all the people, and I'm not. You know me, Doc. I'm not a well, re- religious guy here. I don't tell people what to believe in and what not to believe in. I just support people and uh, people in general and world peace, of course. But if a Jehovah's Witness comes and knocking on my door asking me to join their chapter, I ask them one question. If they give me the right answer, I will listen to what they have to say. How do you spell Jehovah? They start off with a J, slam the door in their face, have a nice day. There's no J in the Latin Bible. So, yeah, see ya. But, no, uh, yeah, I agree with you there, Doc, and, and spot-on answer. Um, I just, I don't really know what the, the, you know, 72 seasons with the whole, you know, eight, first 18 years of my life. I mean, that's kind of, that's deep shit. And this is a deep album, but that that's deep. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, and, and that's something I was reading on, you know, and, I, and, and when you understand what the concept of the album is and what, what they're trying to convey musically um, through their lyrics, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, Billy Corgan was, um, I, I've met him a few times, big, big, big pumpkins fan. He's even mentioned that everything he does with his, his albums, his music is all conceptual. Um, Metallica is not really a stranger to that either. Um, you, you look at, uh, justice for all after the passing of, uh, Cliff Burton, there was a lot of the album revolved around justice they wanted justice for cliff's death that was a huge topic on that album load was very personal you know james was writing about his relationship with his family really opening up about his personal life um you know master of puppets had a lot of songs about war uh, which a lot of a lot of bands wrote at the time but still you see a lot of those themes so there's definitely a concept you know, throughout different albums that Metallica has done. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, lucky that they're still out there doing it for us and lucky that they're still giving us and producing us this great music. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those I feel like that, that if people are going to hate on the catalog and whatnot and they're going to say that they took some time off after Black Album with Load, Reload and St. Anger, I'd just say that you're ignorant. Uh, go back and listen to those albums and there was a lot of great things done and you'll see that truly and it pays off in the years to come with the uh, hardwired to self-destruct was a great album and now with 72 seasons yep doc corner of positivity is also a new segment of the show that we bring in i put in a quote uh this was recommended through one of our decaholics president of project nine line ernie d'alessio one of the good friends of the show would send me a quote every single day and it was like kind of uplifting of somebody's birthday or something along those lines so it's not somebody's birthday today but everyone has a side to them that is kind of unexplained and feels misunderstood Kirk Hammett, and absolutely. So whatever understood or misunderstood side that you have, I can guarantee you right now that there is an album or a song that Metallica will help you get through your rough time. Well, that's just the beauty of music in general. You know, when music is meaningful, when an artist is really trying to reach somebody, um, and, and, and Metallica does have a lot of songs that do that, but I think there's a lot of artists out there that they write songs because they're trying to reach somebody. And when that music connects with you, you know, that music can be very healing, can be very therapeutic in that sense. I mean, you can have a horrible day, you can put on a record, and it just, it just changes your day. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, sometimes that, you know, it's, it's the um, unexplained or the, you know, the anger and the aggression of, of hearing that some other people are going through some of the situations that you're going through as well. That kind of really is like, you know, you, you may have some some albums out there with people that are, you know, uh, one hit wonders and stuff like that, but it's not... 
it's not that way in this type of genre of music. And I'm sure whether it's Metallica, Ghost, Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins, no matter who it is, that you would find that way. Yep, exactly. Doc, that is going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. If You you mentioned something earlier, cutting ahead of me on this one, of where the Decaholics could reach out to you or that they will reach out to you to speak to you in regards to music or anything, wrestling in general. Where is your plugs for them to reach you? Um, well, uh, you can find me on social media. First name's uh, Bradley. Last name's Campbell, like the soup. Uh, <laughs> Always laugh when you say that. <laughs> find me on um you can find me on facebook you can find me on twitter uh you know deke's got me uh so you guys can find me through him uh you can find me uh different wrestling leagues like afw all f and wrestling team pro wrestling um or team all elite as it is on facebook um you can find me uh at the local record shop here where I live in town, you can find me at the comic shop. You can find me drinking some good craft beer. Uh, you can find me saving the world, filling one prescription at a time. <laughs> and um, you can also find me uh, now tinkering with my new record player. You know, making sure that it's loud love and it's louder than fuck. <laughs> Absolutely. And one last thing I wanted to point out before we leave, um, and I hope everybody has a great rest of their weekend, stays safe and whatnot, and does something nice with the beautiful weather that we have in the summer season, is it is not weird for you, as Doc said earlier, to go start talking to people in regards to just being at concerts because you're there for the same thing. I hate to break it to you all, but there was only two people that were rocking uh, more harder than the band at louder than life last year or two years ago rather and that was the doctor and i so that's how we met so it is not weird at all no because honestly music can help really connect people and it was just it was literally i mean deacon and i were just standing next to each other i mean we weren't in the pit or anything but we had a great view we were having a good time we were singing along and i remember one of the things we talked about at that show was hey we're not right up front but we're having a good ass time yeah, absolutely. And you know what it was? I think that festival too, Doc, when we were in the Ultra VIP, we, we really had uh, we had a good experience because we weren't involved with the rest of those clowns as much as like, you know, there were people puking everywhere, cops were coming, bringing them out, and it was just, we had no issues in our section. Oh, no. We, it, was, it, it was a blast, and Metallica put on a great show. Yeah, absolutely. But that's going to do it for us today we'll definitely see doc in the future and for now just for now though the doc and deacon are out